What's up, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Technology News Talk. This is the Dynamite Show Review Show. As as always, let's welcome our co-host for the, for the show, Lila Benford. What's up, brother? What is good, everybody? Big show to talk about. Super excited. Can't wait to get into it. So this was the uh, there was in Atlanta City for this uh, week's Dynamite, of course. We had the world title uh, Texas Death Match as the, the, the main event. Tony Khan had a huge announcement. We'll get into that in a few moments. We also had a TBS championship uh, match as well, uh, an inner circle team meeting, and then NJF speech from defeating CM Punk last week on Dynamite. So let's get into, to re- into the review, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, first off, we had a... The very, very, very pattern red carpet, at the, like kind of like the scarf that MJ wears, the uh, opening set, man. So they started out with Warlow. He carries out the cardboards from MJL, one showing him choking out Punk, and then one him sitting in the ring and give it to Josh Edwards to, in- to introduce not only FTR and Tony Bless, then Sean Spear was next, and then come out at MJL. Like Justin Roberts was like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "I I got to read from the script of, of, of every single one that came out." Like Warlord gave him a script, then FTR gave him a script, then Shaw Spears gave him the, the script before MJ out uh, came out uh, 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 last. You know what the best line of that whole script was? What? I pinned shoulders to the mats and I banged all the rats. <laughs> Bro, oh my god. That heavy dialogue. Yeah. He started by saying last week that he made it clear that he's the best warrior on the planet. False. When he beat Punk, it made MJF emotional. So that he had to lean over after his victory and told Punk, you suck. He sounded like he was about to give to credit. Warlow for some help. But he thinks Sean Spears instead. And Sean Spears, he got MJF a gift, a better than the best in the world shirt. That he could buy it immediately. Now, from that, that just makes Warlow even stupid. Like, Warlow was out there that got you the victory, not Sean Spears. What does Sean Spears have to do anything? Like, this, this is making look Warlow stupid. I don't know if he's buying his time to just weighing his time to, uh, to turn on MJR because the, the way they did there, that's just making him look stupid. I mean, Revolution would be a good time to turn Wardlow face. And it's going to be so satisfying when it happens. It's going to be so satisfying because they've been teasing it, teasing it, teasing it. And I can't wait for the moment to happen. But Wardlow did look insignificant in this whole promo, which is what MJF is doing right now. Try to knock him down a peg. And I think he said thank you to Sean Spears because Sean Spears is the accountability buddy. So... Maybe Sean Spears made sure Warlow was doing his job. But anyway, but now MJF sets his sights on the AEW World Championship. But however, Punk interrupt saying MJF's win in Chicago is about suspect as his spray tan. Today, Punk got some friends. Darby Allen and Steen showed up with bats in hand. Punk says he wants a rematch, but not with MJF, but with Warlow. He offered Warlow a chance to leave MJF behind, and then MJF gets furious uh, about the whole about the whole thing. That said, he wants a rematch, 
and Punk agreed to run back the six-man tag team match that they had on on that Christmas uh uh that Christmas episode or the holiday batch episode on Dynamite um from a few weeks ago. MJF agrees, but on condition that Punk finds a partner and defeat FTR for him to get another uh, get another rematch with MJF at any time that Punk wants. But he cannot team with Darby Allen or Sting. In the meantime, in the meantime, uh, Warlow got a got a match coming up next. What was that opened up the show? So, the thing about the CM Punk run, real quick, not not to jump off too much, but the thing about the CM Punk run is that every I feel like every month we see him getting more and more and more back to the CM Punk that we knew, you know, seven eight years ago, whatever. Um, so, so every time he's coming out, it's just getting better and better and better. And now I feel now that the full pinnacle is more involved with this thing. Um, it just it just it's building up, and it, there's great storytelling here because CM Punk really wants to get back to MJF, and CM Punk is trying to be this baby face and doing by the book and playing by the rules. And I don't think MJF has ever won a match in recent times without that damn. Uh, dynamite room, so no, he has it, yeah. And also, I do think the dynamite ring needs to be like a belt and it needs to be up for grabs more often, other than like the battle royal they do every once in a while. I feel like that needs to be like a TNT championship thing as well. But, um, but every week we see CM Punk getting better and better and better. And last night's promo and last night, everything with the second with MJF, I was like, man, this is becoming a even better rivalry now that we got ftr more involved and other people getting more into it i know they've been a part of it but i feel like last night they really got involved um so it is starting to feel more of this bigger rivalry outside of just mjf and cm punk my question to you is is that what if we see this rematch do you see we see like a 50 50 booking like punk gets his uh gets his revenge on mjf and then like the somewhere down the line we maybe get like a um like a third match, and then after that third match, that they go their separate ways. You see this? Do you see this? How this is going? Yeah, I think it's gonna follow that classic. You know, we you know Punk gets his gets his victory, and maybe Punk gets his victory in Revolution with the help of Wardlow. So now Wardlow has helped each man get a victory. And then maybe the third blow-off match is like a steel cage. But I think if they go that traditional rivalry route and keep us entertained in between, like doing what they do and have CM Punk fight other members that's surrounding um, MJF with the help of other people, I think we got a really good rivalry here because both guys are going to just land it on the mic. Both guys are going to kill it, you know, in promos. And their match was really good. Like MJF... Sometimes for me, when I'm watching him, he doesn't really have like a style sometimes, but I feel like I'm starting to see his style develop more and more and more in some of his moves because he is kind of, he is pretty athletic, like he can do some pretty cool stuff, but he is that retro heel. So a lot of his moves are more kind of like grounding. Um, but I think we got a really good rivalry, a really good program uh, stored for us. And I think this will be the story that makes Warlow turn on MJF. And that's going to be freaking satisfying. Yeah, we'll get to the Warlow match in a second. But, uh, but before that, we got a promo backstage 
where Andre uh, El Idolo finally meets Sting with Darby Allen. He knows Allen works for Sting, but Sting told Andrade to speak to uh, to Allen face to face. Allen says he's gone better. He's got better things to do, like being the next TNT champion. Andrade come back and saying that he will be the next champion. So my thoughts is, could we see at, at Revolution? This is just a pitch. Could we see Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen versus Andrade in a triple threat for the undisputed TNT championship at Revolution? What do you think about that? That would be a heck of a match, but I don't think because I don't think we're going to get a triple threat. I think we're going to get. Um, either Andrade or Darby versus Sammy. And Andrade, Andrade versus Sammy, eh, I think I might want to see that more than Darby versus Sammy. Yeah, but um, if they don't get, uh, I feel like we might see a single match between these two, Darby Allen and Andrade, but with that, the way you see how this go forward from now to Revolution, because both of them have their eye on the TNT Championship. And then, of course, we have the face of the revolution match that determines the uh, the number one contender for the TNT championship. But we'll get to that in a second as well. So uh, the first match of the night, we had Warlow defeating the Blade in about two less than three minutes. Like uh, Warlow commands like four power bombs in the power bomb Anthony for the win. And then after the match, Spears whack Blade uh, uh, with the champ afterwards. So this is to me foreshadowing because Blade is a heel. Warlow is supposed to be a heel. But in this, Warlow got the babyface reaction and the babyface cheers. So this to me is foreshadowing of them already putting him in a babyface role. Um, and I think that's kind of what I saw. But there's also one moment when he went for like the third power bomb where the crowd just absolutely popped. And dude, it felt like a WrestleMania moment for a second. Like that's how loud these crowd that that crowd was when Warlow did it. I was like, man, you know, Tony Khan really needs to hold on to Warlow because I think if WWE got their hands on him and they ran the exact same gimmick, you know, it could be something really big for them. Now they're gonna ruin them, of course, because of their 50-50 booking and all this other stuff, and they don't want you know big stars anymore. Um, but I think if Warlow, if Tony Khan can keep Warlow there, I think he can do his first like WrestleMania kind of event based around Warlow. Because people go, especially if it's like Warlow versus MJF, they're gonna to want to see MJF get power bomb eight times in a row, and they're gonna go crazy for every single one of them. Yeah, even Warlow said, like in an interview, say, uh, uh, AEW is his first home. This way he got started. And I mean, he don't plan on leaving it at any time soon. So that's a, a discussion uh, for another time. Um, after the match, we saw a promo package with Penta going to, the, to this dark side and also calling out Malachi Black. So he pulls a mask out of the grave. So the, it feel like Penta's going to the dark side in order to, to, to have a one-on-one match with, with, with Matakai Black. So how do you feel about Penta going to the dark side? Dude, uh, Penta versus Malachi Black is one of the matches I wanted to see when Malachi debuted. Uh, as a matter of fact, anytime 
someone new comes into the company, I always think about like, oh, I wonder what kind of good match they can have with Ray Phoenix or Penta, you know? Um, so this is definitely a match because it's such a mixture of styles where you got Malachi with that quick, fast strikes and you got uh, Penta and his luchador um, techniques. And I think it's just such a mixture of styles. I think they're going to have a great match. But yeah, going dark to fight Malachi, yeah, kill it because we're going to cheer for it regardless. Yeah, maybe he maybe he do that that arm break uh, move he does. Yeah, this is definitely um a word to see. But uh, are we gonna get Ray Phoenix or like um a, a freaking Brody King in this situation as well, or is it gonna be straight up one on one? I mean, I say start at one on one, and then Ray Phoenix is clear to come back. Definitely put them in the team because think about Ray Phoenix versus Brody. Um, I mean, heck, that's such a size difference, but those matches always make for good entertainment. So, you know, just seeing what Ray Phoenix would kind of do to counteract the dude's just overall size would be exciting to see. Mm, it's going to be very interesting. So after that promo package, we've got, got the inner circle team meeting. Uh, Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Jay Gager come out with the inner circle uh, uh, vest. Jericho says, he hasn't seen Santa Ortiz all day, but they finally came out with their with a new music. Jericho asked Santana Ortiz to explain why they did not tag him a couple of weeks ago on the rampage. I think it was a no, I think it was a dynamite uh, when they faced two boy at, at that time. They said calling it disrespectful. Santana says Jericho only cares about himself, and the inner circle has only served Jericho's interests. Anytime they go after the tag team titles, it gets shut down. So they get back up Jericho. The days of us playing second fiddle are over and done. The only thing that's kept them going was the fans. And it wasn't for Ortiz. Santana would have dropped Jericho a long time ago. Santana reminds Jericho of Eddie, of Eddie Guerrero. But he makes a mistake on turning into Eddie Kingston. Jericho is an influencer. So Santana Ortiz came to AEW. They have challenged for the championships and motivated pay-per-views. They already challenged for the AE tag team titles, but they failed. And Jericho would have kicked them out if, they, if he wanted to. Maybe they got the wrong two members of LAX to join. I was like, ooh, they're going back to way back to TNA days. Right. Um, they even mentioned, oh, I should have called out the phone and called Homicide. That's when Guevara stopped Santana from the attacking Jericho. But Jericho told Guevara to shut up. Guevara said, this is bigger. Is it going to help him accomplish his goals? I acquitted this group before, and unless you guys can figure it out, I'm quitting again. He left the inner circle vest in the ring and walked off. Ortiz said Kingston is one of his brothers in arms. Where they come from, they deal with their problems with their fists. And next week, Santana Ortiz versus Jericho and Hager will settle this. Jericho said after they smack their faces around, they will have an attitude adjustment. So what do you think about this whole situation? Uh, we was, uh, uh, there was a tease of the inner circle breaking up. Now I feel like this is coming full circle. And now that we got a match with them, a match with them, them for it in a tag team match next week. So I you see this uh, going forward. I see it going, I think, as planned. You know, I think this might be the end of the inner circle, uh, which is cool because I definitely want Santana Ortiz to kind of get more of their own shine. And I think the crowd wants you too, man, because they was kind of booing Jericho. They seem to be more leaning towards Ortiz and Santana's side. 
But how great was Santana in that promo, though? You know, that promo from him was great. And then, um, but yeah, I see it kind of going how, how it was going to plan it. Maybe some twists and turns, like where do Sammy lie? How, when, how will Eddie Kingston kind of affect things when he get back? Because that's this is all leading towards Jericho and um, uh, Kingston. So, but this is off topic, but please, Tony Khan, give me the Briscoes versus Santana and Ortiz. I don't know what's the hold up with the Briscoes, but definitely give me the Briscoes versus Santana and Ortiz. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool with the inner circle breaking up. You know, it was a good run. There's no other factions to kind of go against them right now. That's going to be worth, you know, entertain, you know, worth something. So yeah, it's about that time. So let's, let's, let's watch it to the end. Oh, we got a lot of factions and we got a lot of trios. That's why we're waiting for the trios titles to come in at some point in time. We were just waiting for that. Yeah, but like factions that I think like we haven't seen already. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess you can do inner circle versus like, you know, red dragon or something like that. But I don't know. Like I said, I think it's I think I'm ready for like the next big faction to come out, which may be like the new version of um Undisputed. Yeah. And speaking of Undisputed, uh Rabio Vice with Batage, they will face the Bucks on uh, this Friday on Rampage. The Bucks walked off. And wanted to fight right now, but Attico attacked the uh, rapper vice behind, and the butts hit the the BNT trigger on Rocky Romero. Bullet Club leader Switchblade Jay White from Newport uh, Pro Wrestling walked in and sent Trent through the truck. And Jay White coming in from the forbidden door. Now, the last time that Jay White went through the forbidden door was on Impact, and now. He is in AEW. So what do you think of Jay Wright going into the forbidden door of AEW? Dude, Jay White made the Young Bucks and uh, Adam Cole look small in the frame. I was like, whoa, this is a little bigger than I thought he was. Um, but, I mean, hey, I mean, that's the best part about AEW, that you get to see a lot of these New Japan guys, these Bullet Club guys come over and, you know, just kind of remind us of the good days when, you know, Omega and the Bucks was and uh, was running the Bullet Club. So, um, yeah, I'm all for it. Jay White is a hell of a talent. So just having him in a couple of matches on, even if, even if it doesn't, like, lead to a full, like, AEW contract, but just having him do a couple of months there would be, you know, would be dope. Yeah, we'll get back to uh, Jay White in a second. So we had the face of the Revolution qualifying match. I did Cassidy. Versus a mystery opponent. And guess who was that mystery opponent? Limitless. Keith Lee. Oh, bass in his glory. <laughs> oh, bass in his glory. Now, listen, yeah. I'm a Christian man. Now, <laughs> if there's any time that I will play any wrestling sounds at, at, at a church, I will play that chant or either the New Day song. It's a new day. Yes, it is. But how great was that debut? Yeah, what a debut. Keith Lee was the mystery man. He just recently got married uh, to me and him. They had a um a Beauty and the Beast theme uh, wedding. They were, that was pretty cool. I saw the pictures and everything. So, Mr. Lee, he's all elite. They immediately greet him with a loud bass in his glory chance. Uh, Cassidy, it was more like a squash match. If you were to go, so even Matt Hardy walked out. So he even said, 
if Isaiah Cassidy win this match, or there was going to be some changes. So, you know, so with Matt Hardy walking out. I think with Matt Hardy walking out, that's setting up, you know what, that's setting up uh, maybe the the last run for the Hardy boys. Yeah, because um, the, the Jeff Hardy's contract is up, uh, like, on, on March 10th. So mm-hmm. that, that could be a, a coming. So um, uh, the, in the last moment of the match, um, Quinn tried to grab Lee's boot, allowed Cassie to hit him with the cutter over the top rope following uh, to the drive. But Lee swatted away with strike combos and hit him with ground zero for the win. After the match, Piper Party took out Lee with some tenor offense, but Lee caught them both individually on dives and powerbomb uh, Quinn onto Cassidy. And, uh, and through the through the apron. So Keith Lee advances to the face of the Revolution ladder match at, 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 at Revolution. So we're just at a wait and see who else is going to qualify uh, the, for the match as well. So um, do you see Keith Lee uh, winning the face of the Revolution ladder, ladder match or let him or let him get his feet wet and let him get some wins first? I mean, it's okay for him to lose in this match because there's so many other wrestlers involved. So it's not like a direct loss onto his record and his singles record or anything like that because no one really can pin him. So it's okay for him to miss out on this opportunity. And I think the the one we want to see the most is Wardlow. And I think that pop for Wardlow would be, you know, bigger because he's a homegrown talent. And then Keith Lee can go on to continue on. But real quick, just, just to rewind it back, the entrance, right? The new music, the new music is fire. When he came out, just the look on his face, and I know that's like his normal face, but you can really tell that he missed having that kind of pop and that kind of crowd behind him. And then also be able to go out there how he wants to go out with no gimmick name. And then when he got in the ring and he took off his his uh, vest or whatever it was, and then that look on his face that he didn't have to have straps on or anything like that, you can tell he missed the wrestling crowd. You can really tell that he missed this stuff. So super happy for Keith Lee. And then his performance was just ridiculous. And I don't know, I don't know if you remember, but in NXT, I told you, I told you guys, like, I don't know, Keith Lee just really don't do it for me, man. But last night, he made me a fan. And last night, I got it. I, I saw, like, what he did. I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. So I want to go back and actually watch a lot of his matches um, so I can get more acquainted with his work. Yeah, watch all of his uh, NST matches. Don't watch none of the uh, – when he went to the main roster, don't watch none of that. Oh, yeah. Watch I know better than that. I'll, I'll go look at some of his Adam Cole matches and things like that, which is a rivalry that can now get restarted. Who do you think, if you had the book right now, Keith Lee's next, like, month rivalry, who would you put him with immediately in AEW? Well, uh, this is definitely a game changer for me because I see him as the uh, as the very first black AEW world champion. A lot wow. of people was well, eyeing for uh, for Will Hobbs, but well, but Will Hobbs is stuck in with, with the team tag situation right now. So I feel like Keith Lee is going to be that game changer because um, a lot of people have been talking about diversity after the whole situation with um with with not only Big Swole but also um. Uh, freaking uh, who? Oh my god, I, I did not get that big swole comment. I'm, I just disagree with her fully. Yeah, 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 it was just a lot of uh, situation, and then, um, yeah, for freaking 
Oh my god. Who the, who the freak is Nick? You said Nick? Nah, I'm trying to think of uh, somebody. Hold up, hold up. Uh, yeah, Leo Rush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Leo Rush was, was another example. Oh, yeah, yeah, as well. But uh, man, Leo Rush is such a great talent. But dang, can he not just like I don't know, I don't know, like just work for a second? I don't know. He's always like he always like. I feel like he's his worst enemy. His own worst enemy. Like he's really his own worst enemy. I think he's afraid of like all this potential of being like a freaking superstar that he can be, or maybe he don't want to do it in wrestling. But the dude is such a great talent, man. All his matches are just incredible. Don't don't get why he chooses to, you know, shoot himself in the foot so much. Yeah, but um, yeah, like I said, Keatley is a definitely a game changer. Um, him losing the the face of the revolution, matter it's not gonna hurt him because they only uh when it comes to rankings, they only care about your your, your singles record. That that yeah. that's the only thing that matters. So right, so he can lose and not lose. He can lose in this face of the revolution match and not lose any momentum because there's so many wrestlers involved. Yeah, so um, it, it doesn't matter where he can start out. He can start out chasing the TAT championship first. He can start out chasing uh, the the world title. Depends on how many rare wins he get under his belt. So um, it's definitely a game changer. The the the, the possibility of end is for Keith Lee, but we'll get into more of that in a in a second. So um, real, real quick, what did you think about the debut? What did you think about the crowd? Oh, it was uh, it, it got me bad, bad, back to the NST, the good the the, the good glory days of NST. Yeah, it, it felt it felt like that for real. Yeah. So we next we go into the video package. Recapping Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, and Mercedes Martinez feud. So next week, Thunder Rosa will be facing Mar- Mercedes Martinez in a rematch, but this time, no disqualification. Mm. That's going to be exciting. Uh, I think these guys have great chemistry. Can't wait to see this rematch. And now that there's no disqualification, uh, I think it's going to be. And Thunder Rosa and no disqualification matches are can be pretty pretty violent. So let's see what these ladies do. Oh, my question here. Do you think it's too early to do Thunder Rosa and Brick Breaker at Revolution? Or should we save it for double or nothing? Um, I mean, you're gonna need that that championship kind of match for Britt Baker, you know. Um, but who do you put in there? You, you know, if it is gonna be Thunder Rosa, then the way they're going about booking it. And maybe next week they got something planned where, you know, Britt Baker plays a big part in Thunder Rosa losing again, you know, to to uh, Mercedes. And that could be like the, the driving force towards getting Thunder Rosa the belt. But it doesn't feel like it's a big, important kind of uh, rivalry just yet. Or, you know, no nobody feels very important to Britt Baker right now looking for that belt. What if this is a what if? What if Jamie Hitter gets jealous of Mercedes Martinez? Then we get Britt Breaker versus Jamie Hitter at Revolution, and then finally we get Britt Breaker versus Thunder Rosa, and then that's where uh Britt drops the title uh to, to Thunder Rosa. I don't know, I don't think Jamie's ready to be on her own yet. I think if she went on her own and wasn't a part of this group, she'll get lost in the shuffle. Hmm. 
uh, we'll see what, what happens uh, next week and how this moving forward to Revolution. But um, tag team match, FTR versus CM Punk and a mystery partner. And that mystery partner was John Moxley. Um, we didn't have a Brian Danielson tonight, but I know he's probably watching and he's going to give a uh, he's going to have a promo set made on this Friday's Rampage. But we'll get that to that in a second. So this was a great uh, tag team match. Um, MJF and Saw Spirit was watching uh, in the back. They was having champagne and all that stuff. This is a great tag team match back and forth. It kind of felt like um, when FTR took uh, uh, was wrestling um, the Lucha Brothers. This is how good it was because in that in that one sequence where um, they where FTR used the ring bell to try to win over a Punk. That's the same way how. They won the AAA uh, tag team titles from the Loser Brothers, but that didn't work. So, um, but the 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 end of match, um, Moxley and Punk simultaneously hit the GTS and the Paradise Shift uh, the, for the win. So MJF got out of say he was pissed and everything after the one. So Punk finally gets his rematch anytime he wants. What a good match, right? Yeah. Just an awesome, awesome match. And even though I know Brian and uh, Moxley had that conversation about teaming up, I didn't know who Punk was really going to choose uh, for his tag team partner. So when Mox music hit, I'm like, ah, that makes sense because Brian's talking about tag teams. But I really didn't know who they were going to have because, you know, all night they were talking about new debuts. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a new surprise debut that no one saw coming. So but when Mox came out, I was like, man, seeing Punk and Mox would make a great team, in which they did. Uh, especially such going against such a good heel team like FTR. But really, just no complaints about this match. I mean, it was just a good, entertaining match. And I'm seeing CM Punk, like I said before, just getting more and more back into his groove the more he's doing it. And it's just really cool to see his just progression and, like, that rust just coming off. So it just makes you want to see, like, man, what is he going to be like a year from now? Like, you know, he's going to be, like, you know, he's going to be in the running for the, you know, for the belt, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, and that's just refreshing because then we're going to really feel like he earned it because we're there for all the matches that he's been through. You know, Samoa Joe was my first choice. Hmm. That would, uh, yeah, blew everyone away. Because he w- he's in the same class with Keith Lee that got, uh, that said that their 90 days is up. And uh, uh, it, it could have been him. That that was my first choice. Man, this 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 whole this whole wave of wrestlers is in the market now. I mean, like we're gonna be like the next couple of months are gonna be very exciting to see these people back. You know, in I think you know with all these mass releases, and I know WWE is in their own world. But with all these mass releases and these waves of wrestlers coming back, it's gonna be great for companies like Impact companies like you know the indies and companies like AEW when we get because look at the pop keith lee got you know because we haven't seen them on tv in forever so wherever ember moon like pops up you know huge pops because people have been waiting to see them so i don't know it might be a backfire in the long run but i'm enjoying the hell out of it right now Ember, uh, um well she's gonna be under a new name and she's probably gonna yeah. debut when the Orhart Cup starts, and Tony Storm could be there too. So, 
That would be great. Yeah, I'm excited to see if she can go back to her. Hey, remember what her indie name was? Oh man, I used to know. I, I used to follow her before she got to uh, NXT. Um, damn, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, so wherever wherever these people pop up at, like I know, um, what's my, my man's um, Cross and his wife? They're about to get ready to pop up somewhere too. Yeah, uh, most definitely. And then, um, so we go into a promo before we go into the TBS Championship match. AQA cut a promo before the match. She was trained by Booker T. Says that Dynamite is the best place to prove herself. So she gets a she except the open the T TBS Open Challenge from Jay Cargill. So AQA was formerly Zainer River. Sorry, if I pronounced the name, but uh, she was in WWE and NST. So she made her debut tonight. So the sh- the shooting star press that she did was great, but Jay uh, but Jay's matches uh, uh, uh the that she, that Jay did the shooting star press was great, but she could continue to struggle. But she getting better uh, uh, lately because she's being trained from um for Brian Danielson. So that's uh, something to look forward to. Uh, um, and then who, who Jade or AQ? Yeah, uh, Jay. Yeah, okay. she gets she, she getting trained by Brian Danielson. That's why she did that um that shooting star press. It was a, it was, it was great looking. Yeah, that match was bowling shoe ugly to say the least. Uh, there was some miscommunication at times. I can see them communicating with each other like they didn't know what was going on. Um, but I mean, that's that's expected from Jay because she is still you know pretty new. Uh, to wrestle, even with her impressive record that she has, um, which is that is pretty impressive. They gave her those many, you know, they 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 got her going on that kind of hot streak. I mean, we're looking at a streak that may not get broken, you know, for a long, long time by anybody else. Um, but I mean, I'm a fan of Jade. Keep getting better. The skills are going. Your money, you know, kill it. You know, Ellis. But I am. I want to see who's going to take her out. You know, that's going to be interesting. Who's going to take Jade down? Yeah, we, we just have to wait and find out. So Jade defeats uh, uh, AQA to retain the TBS championship. The, the streak continues. So after the match, the young bucks and Adam Cole were backstage. The butt was going to beat Rapid Vice and, and set their vice on the tag team titles. Cole said Jay White will be in their corner. The buzz was unconcerned about that. But Cole said, when you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life. So where do you see this going? And do you see this um, probably uh, Kenny Omega's return as well? Because remember, Kenny Omega and uh, Jay White had a rivalry when it was on, uh, when it was on Impact and when Kenny Omega was the AEW uh, Impact champion when he was the belt collector. So how do you see this going? Uh, with now with uh with Jay White, Adam Cole, and the Bus, uh, and then do do you see this propping up Kenny Omega's return? Oh, for sure. Um, and man, the place feels different without Kenny Omega. Man, he brings a certain uh just aura to the place, like a certain like I don't know. Uh, but it, it feels different without him, you know. So I can't wait to see him back in the ring, and if. If if the first match he has back is against Jay White, you won't see me complain. 
Yeah, and uh, we haven't seen uh, Kyle O'Reilly and um, Bobby Fish in, in, in a while either. What did Bobby, yeah, Bobby Fish was just on Dark, but I don't know when that was shot. But that was my last time seeing it was on Dark. Yeah. But um, after the after the promo backstage, Jerry, uh, Serena D came out and says, there's no one other woman in the back that can keep up with it. So we had this professor's five-minute rookie challenge. Serena D's be Katie uh, uh, Archer, but she, yeah, if you guys don't know her, she be on on dark uh, uh, lately. So um, she only wrestled. I think she only wrestled once on dark. That's the only thing I remember seeing. So um, yeah, this was a short uh, five minute match. So I feel like this is becoming a thing right now with the Professor Five Minute Rookie Challenge. Kind of reminds me of when. John Morrison did that um, five minutes of fame uh, back then at, you know, at ECW. So I felt like this is going to be a thing now with Serena Deeb. So until somebody uh, steps up the challenger and be here in that five uh, five minute challenge. So yeah, uh, they gave her five minutes, but she only needed one. Uh, Serena Deeb is just she's looking incredible right now. Everything she does is just really good. Uh, that again, I need someone that's to come challenger who's going to take Serena deep down, you know, who's going to be the baby face to overcome those odds. Uh, because I think what, what you said a couple of weeks ago, I think she's going to win the woman's uh, Owen Cup. So that's that's where I see her at right now. She's the, the, the she's their Bret Hart. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I definitely see her winning the, uh, the Owen Cup. Uh, for for the women's side, so uh, and then um, we have a lineup for this year for this rampage: the Young Buzz versus Rapidity Vice, Brian Danzig cut a promo, Hook against Blade Lee from the uh, for the QT Marshall class, uh, Doctor Breaker DMD versus Robert uh, Redem. Sorry, I pronounced the name. And then main uh, the main event will be for the AEW Tag Team Championships: uh, Jungle Boy and, uh, and Lucasaurus and Jurassic Express versus the the Gun Club. Christian will be in the uh, Jurassic Express corner, and Billy Dunn will be uh, in uh, his son's corner as well. And then next week's Dynamite, we see Jer- Chris Jericho ver- and Jake Hager versus Santana Ortiz, and then the no disqualification match with Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. Sound like a packed show. Yeah. And then the main event, Texas Death Match, AEW World Championship, Heyman out of page, Versus Lance Archer. This was absolute a brutal, bloody main event that definitely lived up the height. Um, Heyman had a page. Yeah, this is uh late, lately his world championship match, especially coming off from the two matches that he had with Brian Danielson, it was a uh, looky good. Even though um a lot of people criticized that um if they felt like they loosened off a bit, like um like he was getting a lot of pop, a lot of pop adulations when he was going for the world title. But um, now when he's world champion, um, a lot of people doesn't uh, feel it that way because of the matches you're getting, it doesn't tell like a story or anything. But um, we just have to wait and see how it goes because I feel like Paige is gonna hung on to the championship because the last uh, people that held the title hold on to it to at least uh, at least a year like 10 months or 11 months and stuff like that. So I feel like he's going to uh, hold it on. It just, uh, he's still getting his feet wet. 
as world champion. So you got to give it some time. So, but there's going to be a lot of challengers in its way. So, but, um, so uh, what do you think about that uh, situation? A lot of, well, a lot of people saying about Heyman's uh, uh, title run so far. I mean, don't get me wrong. His title, his title run hasn't been like the most like picked up, and I don't feel like he's you know, like doing the job of a champion. Uh, and uh, there's nothing against Adam Page, but I don't think they're booking him to do the job of a champion. Where like Kenny Omega would be on every show, he was either opening or closing the show. They put Adam Page in the middle of the show sometimes that make him feel like more of a middle card attraction. And they just kind of not making him wrestle every week. So that's my thing. When you're the champion, I want to see you wrestle every week. You know, if you're the main, main guy, you know, and Kenny Omega did that. John Moxley did that. Chris Jericho, not so much, but I understood why. So with Adam Page, I think he's the youngest champion we have had in AEW so far. So why I'm not seeing him wrestle every single week is baffling to me. But that's like yes, but that's how I look at the championship. That's what I that's how I view it. Um so I think I think that's why it doesn't feel like it's been that kind of a crazy run because they kept him off TV. Now with that being said, every time he does fight for that belt, he's giving it his all. He's bleeding all over the damn place, and it's always an entertaining match. You're always waiting to hear his music at the end of that one, two, three, because uh, it's such a good feeling after he wins the match. Like you really get on his side, um, and you really see him digging down. So I think that's why I want to see him on TV more as a champion, if he's a champ. Uh, well, at, you know, while he's the champion. Um, but this match was great. The whole payoff with the rope. Uh, with Dan Lambert taking down the rope and then the finish and how that all came together, that was great. I mean, like, I could ask for nothing more. This, the match gave me exactly what I thought it was going to give me. A little weird with the opening with them already fighting because I really wanted to hear Adam Page's music and hear the pop from the crowd. So I feel like the crowd couldn't pop and they was waiting to pop. Um, and they popped at the end, of course. But I think that's that that, that kind of threw me off. But the match was great. The whole glass gimmick in the beginning was fun. Um, and then all the blood and torture that was going on in that match. What was going on with Lance Archer and, um, and um, Jake Roberts? Why did Lance Archer get mad at Jake Roberts when he was trying to do the DDT? I don't know what well, what was up with that, but you did mention like uh, uh like in the beginning of the match, like that that started from the word go, like uh, the screw the entrances, like we get into we get into it right now in the backstage. As you saw, Archer will try to go for the choke slam on on Page, but Page kind of uh, hit him with the belt and sent him through the glass entrance wall, but but busting him open there. Um, when they went down there. Um, you saw Dan Lambert unlooking the screw from the top rope. Jay, uh, Jay the Snake Rogers came out there as well. But uh, and then Page get uh, busted open. Um, uh, what do you got? Uh, I don't know where you got hit uh, that got him busted open by the eye that made him bleed a lot. Um, and he counter. He, he got hit in the head with that trash can right before he went to commercial break because it seems like he wasn't bleeding. Before commercial break, and then when he got back, he was bleeding. Yeah, and then um, yeah, uh, Jay hit the short line clothesline, 
he called for the DT, but Archer stopped him, allowed him page to uh to hear the DT his own. I don't know what's up with that. Uh, I don't know why that uh, what's going on with that one. Uh back in the ring, it was all back and forth. We saw barbed wire, we saw chairs, we saw tables, uh well we saw uh, we saw well we saw everything. So uh in the closing moments, um part page bending over for the official to hit the bus shot lariat, Sandy Archer crashing to two tables on the floor. Page made it back up for the count of nine, but Archer stayed down and Page uh, uh, retains the title uh, by knockout. So, and then after the match, Adam Cole came out, pick up the bell before putting it on Page, making his tensions clear that he wants the world title. Whoa. That rivalry is going to be uh, a good one. Uh, to say the link in the match itself is going to be a great match because uh, you know they're going to get a lot of input from a lot of the top people there on how to make this a really good memorable match. Am I ready for another NXT or WWE guy to have the belt? I'm not going to say Adam Page is a WWE guy all the way because you know he did have a lengthy indie career before he got to NXT. Um, and he's been doing the same kind of um, Adam Cole, Bebe gimmick for a minute. So, I mean, he's been established before. Um, but am I ready for Adam Cole to be champion? I don't know about that just yet. You know, uh, I, I, am, I am looking forward to more just AEW homegrown talent holding that belt for a little bit longer before some of these other guys start to do it. And I think Tony Khan has been doing such a good job just kind of, uh, you know, playing with who kind of gets it and when they get it. So not sure if I'm ready for Adam Cole to be champ. How do you feel about that? Uh, Yeah, I, like I said, it's, got, it's kind of too early, but um, we just have to trust the process. Um. Uh, on that, and then where, because uh, 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 Tony Khan has a plan with with, with his world champions. And so, yeah, well, like I said, just trust the process to see how it goes. But um, let me ask you this question, and I want to go off topic on this one, but uh, do you date somewhere in WWE land, visit a man, is somewhere watching this match, and then go, go to complain on some new article about some mutilations that you saw, we uh, you saw the spot where um, Lance Archer took the fork and stat uh, use it on Page, and then he licked the fork out of, of his blood. I mean, that's that's just uh, harking back to you know old school hardcore legends. Um, you know, that's how it's like it's been done before. Um, but I mean, hey, that's AEW. They give a mixture, they give a variety of kind of matches for the average wrestling fan, you know, like the, or the hardcore wrestling fan, I should say, um, because like sometimes we do want to see those kind of hardcore matches. And when you say something is extreme rules, you know, something extreme actually happens. Um, so I, I, Vince got his style, AEW got their style, and I just tend to lean towards that AEW style. Because of matches like this, I get a chance to see on TV uh, every once in a while. Yeah, but um, this was a, a, a great uh, match uh, to, to, to end the show. And um, 
We got Rampage to look forward to, and then NetSuite's uh, Dynamite as well. But um, uh, th- this was a really good show from, from Atlanta City, and uh, this was a, a great uh, show. I think um, the Texas Death match and the tag team match with um, CM Punk and John Moxley versus FTR was the two good matches for, for, from this show, and we just can't wait to see what, what, what happens for going into uh, going into Revolution. Yeah, you know who we know. Just doing some fantasy booking right here. Um, a match I would like to see now that it's possible is Keith Lee versus Jay Lethal. Hmm. That's a, that's a match I would like to see in uh, in AEW at one point because those guys together, I think they'll create some real, real magic in the ring. And also Andrade versus Lethal. I think that'd be a great match. Mm. So I mean, they got a lot of man, they're, they're really collecting one heck of a roster with a lot of like top stars that people know from other promotions, but also mixing it in and with their homegrown stars like MJF, Wardlow, and Sammy and Darby. Um, I mean, and, and Jungle Boy. I mean, they're they're mixing everything together, and their homegrown people are is like you know they're still a draw, you know, they're still a draw for the company. So I think that's that's something that they're doing different from like I say, TNA or um, you know old WCW days, where I feel like the homegrown talent, you know, without all these other people, can still bring people in to buy a ticket to see a show, you know, without all the extra stuff. So I think that's the big difference, man. So just seeing how these guys are growing, because Keith Lee can really be in a, in a, in a rivalry with anybody that's on top there and like have a great campaign, uh, and have a great little story to tell. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see where this is going. Yeah. Anything else before we wrap up? Man, that, that is it. We will be back Saturday to review Rampage and see how that show went. A couple of big matches are going to be going down there, so going to see what happens. Yep, and um, and we'll see y'all Saturday for uh, for Rampage. Until then, he is Leland, and I am Trico, and we're signing off. Peace.